Storyteller Comfort Iese Iro loves to cook the foods of her native Nigeria. Popo mango pear. This is the Canadian. <laughs> From her home in Surrey, BC, Comfort prepares traditional West African dishes that bring her back to her childhood home. All African food, jollof rice, akara, moimoi, dodo. Akara, it's um, bean, it's like a bean cake, they call it, but uh, it's like donuts, but you use beans instead of flour. It's delicious and very healthy. Do you like cooking? Oh, yes. My children <laughs> like that when I visit them. Wow. It's a very popular uh, snack. Akarare wadu deka. Akarare wadu deka. Comfort's storytelling is also deeply fused to her African roots. It's a storytelling tradition steeped in music, song, and dance. And as Comfort tells us, it is also a powerful community builder and teaching tool. Now a retired teacher, award-winning playwright, and prolific storyteller, Comfort has been using storytelling to empower youth for decades. In this Story Save podcast, Comfort tells independent producer Paolo Petropalo about growing up with traditional African storytelling and how stories teach us all. In my time in the 50s, the storytelling was just is the, is the animation of the village. <laughs> When everybody is done in the evening, you sit down, gather together, especially when there's moonlight. My grandmother, my aunties, all living in the same house, they all told stories. First of all, I remember when the moon comes full, uh, full circle in the village, it's very bright. You can see people from afar off coming. So that that just creates the ambience for storytelling. Any moonlight in my time, moonlight was time for storytelling. And then the first people to finish their dinner, first children, they would come on the street, different people, different street. They would come on the street and sing that you come for Ibota. Ibota is evening play. <laughs> So I remember that a lot. And then after that, we'll sing. We'll sing so many songs. And, and then we, we play games and hide and seek. And, and then, we, then we settle down. At that point, uh, we tell. Because every child knows storytelling. They know some story. <laughs> they tell. While they are telling if they miss anything, because we already know that story, but still we listen to it. If they miss anything, they tell somebody in the crowd would say, no, 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 no. They would take them back. And after telling, then we sing, we dance. Or during the telling, if there's a song and a drumming, we bring, there's always a drum. There's always kuse 
what they call shaker. Uh -huh. They would play that. They, we will play that. Some adults still stay a little far from us, and they will join us in the singing. If where we are wrong, they will tell us to. And then uh, we sing that. We, we tell as many stories as possible, and then we we cap it up by songs, and everybody goes home too. Comfort's Story Save album, recorded for Storytellers of Canada in 2019, is called Tohio, the Art of African Storytelling. It's named for the call and response methods of her storytelling, where the audience is a vocal part of the story. Tohio means I have a story to tell or I have something to say. And uh, the answer will be, yeah, 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 boo. If I say Tohio, the listeners will say, yeah, 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 boo. Anybody from my tribe, when they hear Tohio, they all answer. Uh, Tohio means I have a story to tell, and yeah, 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 boo means tell it quickly. We are listening. That's wonderful. Mm. I think there's something so wonderful about that. Oh, really? Yeah, because it, it, it shows that storytelling is a part of the community. It's a part of your day-to-day -day life. Yes, it is. It's a very great community tool to use, to use to build, to build a very healthy community. Comfort's favorite story is Cocodico. Recorded on her Story Save album, it shows how communities and their values can change and uses story and music to draw people together. Cocodico, the dance monster, that's the most important to me because I've, I, I drafted that, I used that with my kids in Africa, but I never wrote it. I was just eager for them to know what I was teaching. To, what inspired it was uh, this story. I read it somewhere about um, a missionary lady called Mary Slessor that came to Africa and that she stopped the killing or removing of twin babies from the community because people didn't know why there was there are twins or triplets that they are evil babies so they take them to the evil forest to live and stay there so i came up with that story about that so and the story itself here is showing that twins are not evil they are good today anyway in africa all those have changed twins are happy children how does music play a role for you in in the storytelling? I think everybody likes good music if uh, it's played well. At the beginning, just to give you an ambiance of storytelling, when you listen to that, you hear to you, to you, yeah, 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 boo, yeah, the man put music in it, to you, to you, yeah, 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 boo, and then there's a song, go, go, di, go, ade, go, go, di, go, ade. La 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 na, coco di coco coco di co, adeo coco di co, ade coco di co, coco di co, ade coco di co, tohio, yeah 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 yeah, oh, we start the story. So with that, people will listen. They want to listen. I remember getting here, 
and uh, telling stories. Some of my colleagues in the storytelling guild were saying, they told me, oh, we don't tell stories standing up, people acting it out. That's theater. I said, African storytelling is theatrical. <laughs> can be in the bus or in the marketplace. People you don't know from anywhere, just join in. <laughs> yes, that's the life there. I like that, that um, interactive telling. That's my style. I like it. It builds bond in the community. My father was a chief of a village in Benin City, the old Benin Empire is now reduced to a little space there. Uh, but he, he was a chief and he happened to have gone to school. He had a small education, but very, very nice education because his English was very good. And he um, appreciated education so much too and tried to send me to school when there was no girl in the village school. I was small, but I realized it, that some people were very angry about it because I was the only girl in the village school. So, but he put his foot down. My father said, I will send her. These white people that come here, that we all look up to and all those, they, they, you know who they are serving. They are king, it's a woman, and people said, no, it can't be. How can men like this be serving a woman king? He said, that's because you didn't go to school. <laughs> so I would send my daughter to school. Education was very important to Comfort's father. But as she tells Paolo, it was storytelling that was crucial to her upbringing. If you do any bad thing, my mother will just say, come. You know the tortoise, what he did in that story? I say, yes. You know what happened to the tortoise? Yeah, he fell and his back broke. And if you wonder, that's when we were small and we believed it. So stories were an important way of teaching. Yeah, very important way of teaching. A very, very important way. Comfort realizes what a powerful tool storytelling was when she became a French teacher to reluctant students in Nigeria. My students were always running away from class, saying that they had their original tribal language, maybe the language of the tribe where they live, then English, then you are introducing French. Well, I introduced storytelling. I didn't tell them we were doing French. We would just tell little stories, maybe of this. And then we dance and we sing. Within two, three years, they are a bit fluent in French. And by the time they are done with high school, they are very fluent. And people were shocked. As I grew older now, I realized the fact that storytelling is everything. <laughs> it's life. In, in teaching in the classroom, even teaching the highest engineering, you have to narrate it. <laughs> 
you know, this one, you compose this and that. It's a story. It's going, uh -huh. So you can use it to teach a lot. You can, even uh, in the university, I preferred a teacher, uh, a professor who would just come in and first warm up everybody by saying, you know, I was on the street now and one nasty driver hit me. It's a story. Then that prepares your mind to, better than, where are those without homework? Who didn't do their homework? Stand up. If somebody says that, my heart starts beating. But when you come in and you start the event with a story, it, I'm ready to learn like that. turned into a nice afternoon. Comfort immigrated to Canada in 1996 and settled in British Columbia. Hello. Uh, Hi, how are you? Good. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, busy. Buddy? Busy. Busy. Oh. Always busy. <laughs> yes. What would you say is your favorite thing about this particular neighborhood? Uh, favorite thing here, I don't even know. <laughs> the fact that we are living like a village, I like it. We know each other because whereas if you are, if you are in an isolated house outside, nobody except your own relations or you have a friend or two you talk to. But here, they are, um, they are just like village people, our own village people. Comfort's community-centered, interactive style of storytelling was just as powerful when she brought it to Canadian schools and communities. Ooh, it's cold already. Not as cold as Edmonton, though. This place is very warm compared to Edmonton. Not as warm as Nigeria, though. <laughs> <laughs> Soon, work of her knack for reaching students through stories spread, and she became focused specifically on storytelling in the classroom. A UBC a student, um, UBC, what do they call it? A UBC doctorate student did um, um, a session, some sessions with me in a school in Richmond using storytelling. I told that story of the wild leopard has spots because he took yam porridge, yam. <laughs> so I brought, I had to bring yam and she came and uh, the teacher, uh, the, what he was teaching, it was just grade two or so. The teacher was teaching fraction or so. <laughs> we cut the yam into two, boom, and say, 
one of the two. <laughs> Out of the two, this is one of it. You cut the yam into three, and you take one, one third, two third or so. And the children were so happy doing that. At a time, you ask them to, to draw it like that. <laughs> and it, it goes on and on. Then you can go further to say, where, is, where do yams grow? Uh -huh. Some children who never knew it can say, on a tree. Oh, no, then the teacher must have prepared somewhere a picture. You see, it's from the root of the, and the thing is a vine, the, the yam. And then what color does it have? The inside is white, and so on. And how, where do you find this type of yam? They will say, oh, in the superstore. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't know. Then they say, this type of yam is found in Africa. Mm. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, wonderful tool, isn't it? It is. This. I don't think I've seen any country where children don't like stories. They like it. They like the suspense and what's going to end at the end. And then you discuss it. And they take that lesson. It's there in them. You think it's not they are going to play. It's there. In 2003, when Comfort was working with some struggling high school students, she realized that these kids needed more than help with their homework. She explains to Paolo why she started teaching storytelling to trouble the young people. I was working in Vancouver then with uh, some African... Um, African youth in a community center. And then one day, these are bigger youth, <laughs> maybe in the uh, last years of high school. And they were saying, why do we have to go to school? Because I was planning to get them to start a homework club for them, because many of them weren't doing their homework. <laughs> So they said, why do they go to school when nobody will hire them when they, are, when they get, when they finish their school? They started talking about what they face in the school and in the community. So we started a, an African youth group and they were excited seeing each other there. And then when they perform in the public, they're happy, people clap for them. And then we started having small theaters that were portraying to the people. And later, uh, the, doing things like this, dancing, singing, telling stories. And, and, the, and they won awards too. There was a conference downtown. And those who attended the conference were spellbound, seeing them rap with with words that have been hurting them and they want what they want the community to be. The boys in that group went on to university and promising jobs. And Comfort realized how important the program was. She started African Stages, a performing arts program that uses traditional African storytelling to empower vulnerable young people. They learn to tell stories perform plays, and to express themselves through music. Nice 
We are now working on proverbs. Proverbs, they are an indirect way of talking to make things happy or good in the community. So they take the proverbs, since they are children of this era, <laughs> I, I bring in um, a rap musician who transforms the words of the proverb into rap music for them. <laughs> so it, it takes a village to raise a child and all those. I am because we are, we are because I am, all those things. Accept who you are and where you come from. Know your origins, it can't be undone. Accept who you are and where you come from. Together as a people, we dance into one drum. The rain can soak a leopard's skin, but it can't take away its spots in the end. Chill and be yourself. Just find your inner truth and bring out your wealth. They say those, those things make them happy. When they perform in front of their peers, and those ones are looking at them surprised. Then they start having friends. You know? So that's how it works. Why do you think that project and storytelling especially has that impact on them? Why are we there? What are we using storytelling for? Then tell them stories that, that teach them morals, uh, uh, values, and teach them how the community uh, can be better and in in uh, following the the morals that we get in the stories so little by little and if we keep repeating it week by week by the fourth fifth sixth week they are they are happy it's an intangible thing you can't touch it what is happening it's just happening to them they see that they are they, they are now good in class. They now make friends. They have friends. And they, anything they want to do after that, they just go into it. They go into colleges and uh, they write you that they are, thank you for what you did for us. The impact on the kids she works with is clear in their letters about African stages. Comfort reads to producer Paolo Petropalo from one of those letters. I was 11 years old when I joined African Stages Story Powering a Youth Group. My two older sisters were a part of the African Stages before me, and I quickly followed their footsteps. I was very small, shy, and quiet. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself, and I always had children bully me in school. The longer I stayed with the African stages, the quicker I noticed my level of energy and confidence start to increase. I started making friends at African stages, learning how to empower myself and others. The African stages has given me a voice. For the first time, I stood alone in front of a crowd at the Hot Tales Festival and told a story to children without any hesitation or fear. I told the story like I was proud to be standing up there. I surprised myself that day. I mean, that's amazing. Yes. That's wonderful. The, this one, when she newly came, she would stay in the corner and refuse to open to her own folk. 
<laughs> to open her face doing this. Now she's the leader of the group. <laughs> it sounds like very satisfying, fulfilling. Either, yes, fulfilling and happy in you. When at times, about three, four years ago, when she sent this letter, I almost said, I've had enough. I don't want to just tell stories and come and stay. But when I see letters like that, I'm very, very happy. From her Nigerian village rooted in storytelling, Comfort knows the power of story to grow knowledge and resilience. That storytelling thing was building us very well. It builds your character. That's why I'm trying to insist on it, that it has its own good. It has lots of goodness in it. it it's very good for the community to work together. When it's a community telling, everybody needs to chip in something. So I'm happy now that Many people are telling like that as well. You can find Comfort ESA Arrow's album, Tohio, The Art of African Storytelling, in the Story Save section of the Storytellers of Canada website. Comfort recorded both English and French versions of each of the six stories. Since 2002, the Story Save program has been recording and sharing the work of Canada's master storytellers. It is a project of Storytellers of Canada, Contour du Canada, and is supported by the Canada Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and our many dedicated listeners. Comfort, ESA Arrow's album and podcast are generously funded by Canada Council for the Arts, this podcast was written and produced by Marian Gruner with the editing support of Susan Charters. Comfort was interviewed and recorded by independent producer Paolo Pietro Paolo. Our technical producer was David Merlo. The music you heard is called African Meditation Dance and was created by Stefan Kartenberg. I'm Murray McGregor. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Balado, the Story Save podcast. You can find us on Google Podcasts and anywhere else you might get your podcasts. And while you're there, subscribe so you never miss a new episode.